This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Next on Plains FM, we have Movie Talk, a program for all things cinema-esque, for the discerning film and video junkie. Welcome again to Movie Talk. Today we'll be looking at a top American pop singer in Whitney Houston, I Wanna Dance With Somebody. And going to a well-to-do suburb in Glasgow, in my old school, and visiting Hollywood in the late 1920s in Babylon. Special guest in the audience tonight, legendary record executive, Mr. Clive Davis. My voice is gone. What? You start the show tonight. No talking back. I'm your mother. There's a boy I know. He's the one I dream of. Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody, is a delightful, sometimes disturbing celebration of the life and music of one of the greatest American pop vocalists tracking her journey from obscurity to musical stardom. Carolyn Brown's been off to the Academy Cinemas to see this musical chronicle. Uh, Carolyn, what did you think of Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody? I really liked it. Um, mm. I hated the fact that they played around with some of the facts and some of the timeline, but despite that, it's just a wonderful film if you really enjoy her music. It, they play it in full, a lot of the songs, and it's just yeah. wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And also sad and tragic, but uplifting. It's just a really good biopic. Yeah. Yes. At, uh, I mean, to me, the wonder, the, the best, uh, the important thing is that um, the, the Naomi uh, Houston is played by... Uh, now, Whitney Houston's played by Naomi uh, Aki in this film. Yes, and she does and, really well. And yeah, and she she does that. So, well, she's supposed to actually look somewhat like her, also. Yeah, yeah, she and, does a bit. But the main thing is, and this she's is, picked up all the you know the movements yeah. and everything. She's a like British accent, a British yeah. actress, and she had to wear um, false teeth for this because her own teeth are nothing like Whitney's. <laughs> so for her to be able to speak with a mouth full of chops that she doesn't normally have, yeah, in she another find it hard accent. to sing too. Yeah. So what did she do there? <laughs> oh, well, she lip sync. It's all Whitney that you hear, which is awesome because only Whitney can do those notes. Yeah, and, as Whitney's yeah, it's own. Just <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> Um, but yes, much kudos to this lead actress. She It's her first major film on her own. She's just done bit parts before, and she does amazingly well. I really look forward to seeing her in other films and seeing what she can do. Um, and she, yeah, really makes you feel that she is Whitney and the story behind it, and it's just lovely. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember her well. I, I remember the, when she died in the night... Um 2000s, yeah. Yeah, 2012. Um, you know, when when that occurred, I remember, and the, the and drugs was mentioned. Uh, yeah, so sad. That she was having difficulty with that. That was a major problem for her. I remember all that. They don't, they deal with the drug thing, but they never make a major issue of that in the film, I thought. They don't so. embarrass her by showing her in a drugged-out state um, the way that she was in Captured. Mm. Like, there is a lot of um, stories about how a lot of events were cancelled and she never showed up to things because of her drug use and everything. Um, and also her relationship with uh, Bobby Brown wasn't um, 
covered in the gross detail that it happened in real life with him beating her at times. Yes, um, so, yeah. yes, yes. But the, mm. uh, so that kind of makes this movie a PG movie, which is really good because I think it's really good for younger people to see what a brilliant voice she does because it is lip-synced, it is her music, and her voice is just astounding. I really enjoyed the bits where they just let it go and just let you hear her. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Um, she, she had... Um, Seven top hits, uh, number one hits in a row. The, the, yeah, the has not been broken. That she, yeah, and that's better. And that's better than the Beatles or Elvis Presley at that time, around yeah. most of the time, uh, or before, even a bit before. Yeah, oh, certainly at that time. And um, so you know, she was really uh, always at the top there. Yeah, it would be amazing to do a what if. Of, what if she didn't get into drugs? What? How far would it have gone? And what she would be doing? now would she be like continuing on like Aretha Franklin I mean she does come from a music dynasty her mother was a very good singer and sang back up to um, Elvis Presley and before going out on her own Ah, so yeah mm -hmm. she's just Mm -hmm. came from a very good background of singers her mother was a bit pushy and stern on trying to perfect her into her scene. Yeah, you see a, that in that early scene in the film. You think, yeah, oh, God, it's another, I don't know if another. I could live with that mum. <laughs> yeah, but um, she knew that her daughter needed that encouragement, and it was tough back then as well. I mean, she was a, a big American, so mm. life wasn't easy. Yeah. Um, they didn't get an easy ride at all, so you have to be tough and you have to push through be pushy <laughs> to break through sometimes, I think, but yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, um, I mean, you get those sort of touches that, that later she had her ups and downs there. Um, she did that tour of um, Europe, which didn't do, well, you don't see much no. of it, but you hear it, it was explained to you. you yeah. Know. Um, and and that a lot of people walked out of the actual concert. Yeah, which would have been embarrassing. But but you can see that this would have been done due to um, her performance due to the drug abuse and that sort of thing. I mean, in some ways, the film focuses on that too much in a way because she also did an awful lot of, um, she was philanthropic. She started a lot of charities and stuff, which the film doesn't cover, which is a bit sad. But once again, when you've got someone whose life is so incredible and so amazing, and it's already nearly two and a half hours long, (laughs) what what do you cut out and what do you keep in? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and and, and life wasn't easy with her. You see the difficulties with her own Mm. husband there. And her father, he sort of became... Yeah. manager there and um, and he was getting the money out of it. Yeah, that's uh, where they twist play the around side. with the facts a little bit so we won't dwell on that too much. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can tell me later. Yeah. <laughs> but no, and and like this is right up there with the Elton John biomic, biopic and the Queen biopic and, and all the other ones that have come out lately. I think this is just a wonderful film if you're really into music. Yeah, Well, well, I saw this for the music, for the singing, for the performances. Yep. And that takes seems to take up about half a film. Yeah, of an me. incredible woman, of and, a new uh, story. And that is the part that I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, she does that uh, one where she sings the American um, National Anthem at some yes. uh, outdoor event. And, uh, yeah, that's a star-spangled banner. And, um, yeah, that's... Terrific. And you could see the yeah. audience in, well, if it's, you know, full uh, 
oval or wherever she was at there. Yeah. Um, you know, th- th- these people were completely taken away with Yeah, no, it. definitely go and, see it. Uh, and so was I. Yeah. <laughs> and then that final, just the uh, final singing sequence is also much the same. Yeah. Uh, you know, where she, it's just such strong singing, so great. It is. It's lovely. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Thanks. Good. Thank you very Bye. much. That was Carolyn Brown with her views on Whitney Houston. I want to dance with somebody. And I'm Hans Petrovic on Plains FM 96.9. Tell us what you know of Brandon Lee. Brandon Lee. Brandon Lee. Brandon Lee. Can we just begin with your name? Uh, you would have known me as Brandon Lee. I remember my first day at Barristan Academy. It was junior year, day one, the classroom door opened. My Old School is a rather offbeat documentary about Scotland's most infamous imposter who attended a secondary school in Glasgow, claiming to be a 16-year-old boy back in 1993. Robin Munro has been off to the Lumiere cinemas to see this multi-level movie which presents the memories of quite a few adults who attended the school then and mixes them with lots of animated sequences. Uh, Robin, what did you think of my old school? Oh, it's surprisingly original, and I think... What, the presentation of Well, it. the presentation, but, but I, I think also that, the, uh, that perhaps it was made for the pupils of the school and people in Scotland who do know the story very well, but of course we didn't. And, well, um, the director of the film was one, was of, the one of the pupils, pupils at the time, the time. That mm. brand, so-called Brandon Lee, mm. uh, a, a pupil who said he was the, daughter, the son of an opera singer who had been touring Canada and he'd got private tuition. And that's uh, why uh, he knew quite a lot. And he, he seemed an odd fit in the class. Um, but as you say, the presentation is as well. Uh, most of it is interviews with pupils and even a few teachers from that time, often sitting in the schoolroom or at a desk. Yeah. And um, it is rather funny to see these people who must be in their late 40s now uh, talking about it. And uh, they do remember, but they don't remember everything completely accurately. Um, and then another big part of the film is the so-called Brandon Lee. Um, he actually does take part. We hear his voice, but an actor lip-syncs for him. Yes. And this is a yes. very odd part of the yeah, movie well, in many ways. Yeah, well, Brandon Lee, the actual person, this is the, um, yeah, the imposter. I mean, he just did not want to appear in the film. Yes. But they had done this long interview with him, obviously, and they took all of this and used it. Mm. Uh, and had some other fellow, uh, another Scottish actor, um yeah, impersonate, you know, well, lip-syncing the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, but it, it really is a sort of uh, amazing visit to the world of a teenager as seen by someone, some people who are a little <laughs> a little, a little, bit older. And they were, all, all these other pupils and, and the teachers to some degree were in awe of this person, whereas actually in many ways uh, what we find out through the movie is that he was hiding in plain sight, that a lot of things that they thought about him, that he might have been a bit older and uh, some other things like that. Well, actually that. he was about 31 or 30. Two years old. Yes, yes, uh, yes. I mean, you know, that's. I mean, that's pretty amazing stuff to get. But, but you wonder. I mean, is this of sufficient um, importance to 
make a film about it? You know, somebody <laughs> pretending to be younger than he is and going to school. I, I, I think possi- <laughs> possibly it isn't. But it's the way it's told. That's, that, that's the key. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I think the other point is that in Scotland, this did cause quite a lot of... Um, uh, you know, comment and, and interest at the time that disturbed the people up quite a lot. Everybody, I'd never heard of this bloke, Brandon no, Lee, no. but I think everybody in Scotland did. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but, but uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, um, the medical schools and schools really checked how they were letting people in after this. It was quite a uh, administrative response to this uh, imposter as well. Um, but I think a lot of people thought it was quite fun. And, and what was interesting is you, you might have seen some bad motive, whereas I, I, I think the film leaves that in suspense. And in some ways, his former classmates and even his teachers um, don't really uh, judge him uh, too hard. And I mean, there are some wonderful uh, things. Because he was a bit older, he had a car and he lied about this to his oh, pupils. Yeah. He said, well, in Canada, you can get a license when you're younger. Um, but of course, having a car for teenagers, uh, it, it's some who can drive them around and take them to places. And he knew quite a lot about music, but he also befriended, and this was really quite a, a, a soulful moment of the movie, uh, a, a bullied black boy. Oh, and, yes. um, and not only did he befriend him, but he inspired him to work harder at school. This guy yes, almost sort yes. of... Gave him sort a of lot of self-confidence. Given yeah, up. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and you know, the, the teachers were a little bit inspired by him too. He, he knew a bit more than some of the teachers about some things. And it's one of the reasons... Why why he was uh, given the lead part in the school musical of all things, hmm. and, and and this is set in um, part of. Uh Glasgow, which is supposed to be the wealthy part. I didn't know Glasgow had a wealthy part. <laughs> and it is quite a lovely area there, all the buildings. But to me, the, the, the other odd thing is that they use this sort of colourful, cutesy animation a lot, mm. particularly when you get these older these adult people who are talking, you know, remembering what happened when they were there as students, and you'd have them talking, and then halfway through, you'd get an animated, sort of cute animated version Mm. of them. And I just could never quite figure that one out. (laughs) I mean, I I believe that they... When the the director or the whoever put the film together uh, uh, wanted to... um, Get to to add to the feeling of looking back at one's youth, mm. and so and put in these cutesy, you know, cartoon stuff because that's what kids are supposed to think about. Well, I don't know, follow the logic behind that, but that may be so. <laughs> but but it is intriguing, and and he does reveal a lot, which is one of the reasons why we're not saying it. There, there are lots of little twists to it. Oh yes, and, and, and as I said, not all of the memories are completely accurate, or there are different perspectives on them and, and uh, you know, his supposed grandmother and other family members and uh, uh, believe it or not, at one stage when he was at school, he got a call to come and see, I think, the head teacher and he was told that his father had died. I mean, yeah, uh, th- th- yeah. There are many, many intriguing uh, things and um, I-, I think in, in the end we, we, we have a, a story about a sad man but that isn't the whole story. It is something about the energy of the school and the hopes and dreams of these uh, kids and perhaps where they are now. Yeah, well it's just to me it was fascinating viewing mainly because most of the time I didn't know where this film was <laughs> who it was about or where it was going and as such it kept me interested all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going to share yep. that view. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much. <laughs>
That was Robin Munro with his views on my old school, and I'm Hans Petrovic on Plains FM 96.9. I also thank this show's sponsor, the Harcourt's Grenadier Accommodation Centre, which is now located at 98 Morehouse Avenue. If you're looking for a place to live, check out the Harcourt's Accommodation Centre website. That's assetmanagers.co.nz. That address again, assetmanagers.co.nz. I think what we have here in Hollywood is high art. It's... Party time! If you could go anywhere in the whole world, where would you go? I always want to be part of something bigger. Yes! Let's go! Something that lasts, that means something. Babylon takes us back to the outrageous excesses of Hollywood back in the late 1920s, at a time when the cinema industry was moving from silent movies to making talkies. Mary Gibson's been off to the Lumiere cinemas to see this energetic, sometimes chaotic movie. Uh, Mary, after what that elephant did in the truck at the beginning of this film, I continued to be surprised by many other things. What did you think of Babylon? Oh, Babylon. Okay, so I go. I went there thinking Babylon is about excesses and, uh, you know, in life and so on, and that's what it's kind of connected to. And so I expected excesses, but my brain was overloaded with all of these excesses that took place right from that shot that you're talking about with the elephant in the truck. So it's got <laughs> all... You can read... People can read reviews, and I, I recommend that they do because you cannot be prepared for what happens in this movie in terms yeah. of the excessive behaviour at every single level. So, yes, the premise of the movie is about going from the, the silent movies where the actors probably couldn't act that well. They certainly spoke weirdly. They couldn't speak that well. Two talkies and the transition over a period of about 30 years um, yeah. of these actors and their lives wrapped around it. So, you know, yes, the truck, def uh, sorry, the elephant defecates on someone. Um, <laughs> then you have... On the truck, yeah. then, you, then you have an, another scene, and, and I hope there are no young kids listening to this, but it's really um, over the top with drug abuse, um, uh, sexual acts that are, you know, like... Um, ugh, Euro Lagniac act, you know, and you know, urinating on someone. So yeah, there's, it's one just one woman on another woman. Yeah, yeah, it's just excesses and excesses and excesses all over the place, and they just kind of appear in front of you when you're looking at something else. I mean, these are things I've never seen in used uh, or done mm. in films before. But <laughs> yeah. but you can see this is a film about the film industry made by the film industry yeah. itself. Well, here we and go. Somehow they got away with it. Here we go again. It's Plan B, which is Brad Pitt's company, you know, and and we so he's the lead in it. He acts in it. He clearly knows what happens in Hollywood, and you know his company was the one that made the movie about um, she said. So he, I think, and this is in my own personal opinion, is expressing himself in terms of what his perception and view of Hollywood is and yeah, how wonder, it behaves. Yeah. yeah, and so you have this, you know. 
over here you have she said where, hey, I'm going to expose this behaviour on film. And then you've got Babylon. This is, it's more or less saying this is where we've come from and this is where we are today. And and it just goes, so it has everything. You know, you've got um, Margot Robbie, who's fabulous in this. Her character play, she's Nellie Leroy. And so um, I, I can't, kind of kept thinking about her when she was in The Joker and um, what's the other one? Suicide. Uh, yeah, yeah, that one. And mm. she, so, so you kind of think she's that person and she plays that so well. So she's Nellie Leroy, who is a bit of a two-bit actor, um, but she wants to make it in Hollywood and she gets her break because someone else is overdosed on drugs. So she gets brought in and then she just is completely over the top the whole way through. Wow, yeah. She, and she gets away with this beauty as well. Yeah, you know, but yeah. The, but she's just... She gets up through everything. She's just brilliant, you know. And, yeah. and so you kind of see... The, and, and I thought, oh, is she going to be the lover's interest for Brad Pitt? But not at all, not at all, not nowhere. And, and it's Manny, the, the um, Mexican guy who pretends he's Spanish because he wants to get ahead in movies. And it's just, it's just crazy, crazy. Then you have, you know, a, a Asian, um, she's sort of a femme fatale. Oh, yes. But then she's yes. a lesbian and then she hooks up with um, Nellie Leroy, you know, Margot Robbie's character. And it just it just keeps bouncing from one crazy thing to another. Uh, just all these pieces that are going on. And in the meantime, Brad Pitt's character, he's been a silent screen star, star yeah, mega star, the there, but yeah. he's well on the way. Yeah, he's really <laughs> concerned now. Yeah, yeah. Will he be able to continue this on when it's, he's got to get exactly. in, into these movies and start talking? Start and, and, and act. And, yeah, and, oh, and, and babble on. And babble on. Okay. Yes, I wonder that's why they gave it that name. Yeah, yeah. That name. <laughs> Who so, knows? No, Who I knows? think that's just a bad joke. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, you know, like, it, it's long. We have to tell people it's really long. It's over three hours long. And yeah. I feel it's an hour too long, personally. Oh, it could easily be cut back to At two least hours. And you think you still get a good a great load movie. full. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, but even so, I mean, it's, it's. I've never seen anything like this. I know, I know. And just these, um, what it does really well is it builds out these characters and adds all the backstories to them. So every character in it has got a backstory going yeah, on. Yeah. And so you're like constantly moving from one backstory to another. And then you go, oh, okay, okay, right, I've got that. And then whoop, bang, you're into another one. So you're, you're the, whilst it is long, and I do still think it is too long at three hours, you are not bored. No, you are not bored give, because you just never know what's going to no, happen no. next. What they're going to toss at you next? No, no, mm. and 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 the end is kind of interesting as well. You know how how it ends with when you see Manny's character. I won't say too much about that, but you know you kind of go, oh, okay, and and it it does just. I thought that kind of end was a little bit weird in a way with all the. Um, the, the flashing of the images and, um, oh, yeah. mm. you know, it was like, what is this about? But I think, again, it was saying to us, hey, there are ex excesses today also. So there were excesses then of behaviour and how everyone acted and, um, you know, it was 
just crazy. But again, now, and I read an interesting piece where they talked about the fact that the clothes weren't necessarily 1920s leading through and that they had done that on purpose because they mm. didn't want to be tagged as a 1920s or 30s movie. So the, the clothes <laughs> aren't, it's not, you know, yeah. costumes by, if you know what I mean, like a total costume yeah. Yeah, well, piece. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, this uh, is based on that um, book by Damien uh, Chazelle, who, who he published a book in 1959 um, called Hollywood Babylon. Mm. And in that, he went through the corruption and all the offbeat things that were going in Hollywood before, up to that time from the 1920s over the next couple of few decades. And um, that book was highly criticised later with a lot of people um, denying that the, all the corruption and, and sexual misbehaviour and all this that's in the book uh, actually happened. Mm, mm. Um, but, uh, it, you know, some would agree to it, some denied it and all of this. But this is the basis for this all. And uh, you get that same sort of feeling. You're not quite sure was... was um, was Hollywood a real sort of a terrible oh, Babylon? It was a Babylon cesspool. Well, it seems like a heck of a lot of fun to have got. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know. But interestingly, and when you mentioned the Tower of Babel, remember that movie Bab- Babel, Babel, that Brad Pitt was in, and it was about conversations taking place, and it was set in, um, I think, in the Middle East. So, and and again, you know, it kind of made me think: Is this him? You know, again, playing out what he wants to talk about. I yeah, just think about yeah, that. Yeah. People, That's a good people. Point. Yeah. If you don't, if you go to this movie, don't think too much about me thinking about Brad Pitt and analysing <laughs> what he's thinking about. But, but it is interesting. Mm. Yeah. So, um, be prepared. Long movie, really funny, really intense, chaotic intense, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, All the uh, way through. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you. That was Mary Gibson with her views on Babylon. And I'm Hans Petrovic inviting you to listen to Movie Talk again on Plains FM 96.9 at midday next Wednesday. This program will also be repeated at midday on Saturday and you can listen to podcasts of earlier episodes on Plains FM website. That's plainsfm.org.nz. Music